0: Hello, Olin Tanji. This is Krista Davis, Olin Tanji's Chief Communications Officer, and I've been excited about the opportunity to discuss today's topic, Our Portrait of a Learner Dispositions. This is an initiative that began last school year, and today I'm joined by Vince Dattilio, who has spearheaded this initiative since its conception. Welcome, Mr. Ditilio.
1: Hello Mrs. Davis and hello Olin Tangi.
0: So correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you've been a part of the Olin Tangi family for about nine years.
1: Yep, that's right. I started in the district in 2013 as the supervisor of secondary curriculum and then in 2018 I transitioned to a new role where I'm overseeing professional learning across the district K through 12. Um, and this is where really the portrait of the learner came to fruition.
0: That's fantastic, Mr. DeTilio. Beginning this January, you moved into the Director of Curriculum position, but overall, you've been facilitating our staff's learning throughout the past few years. What made you think about something like the Portrait of a Learner, and why was it important for our students and staff?
1: That's a great question. Um, and I think that we've always known that maximizing learning for every student was a really, really lofty goal. Um, And we also always knew that academic success was a huge part of this. But we also have come to understand that our most successful students possessed a set of skills, traits, and dispositions that served them both in the classroom and beyond. And ultimately that's what the Portrait of a Learner sought to do was to identify and explain the profile of this dynamic learner. And the journey began with a really simple question, actually. And what we what we landed on was, you know, what do we want our students to be like as adults? And that was a question we we put out to the community first and foremost, and, and asked them for their input. And our parents, our community members, eventually our teachers, and even our students. You know, responded to that question and they partnered with us. And as we studied their responses, it was really interesting because the portrait of a learner became more clear and more clear as we looked at those. And what it was telling us was this that we are trying to educate the whole child, and that to do that, we need to, them to graduate and to develop both academic knowledge and character traits that would give them the tools to achieve success sort of wherever they landed after graduation. And in the outcomes we identified proved that maximizing learning for every student is marked by more than acquiring knowledge, but also the developing of these skills of being a learner throughout their journey from kindergarten to 12th grade and then beyond into wherever they, they end up.
0: I absolutely love this. As a former Olin Tangi teacher and parent, living in our community for the past thirty-plus years, I've always noticed that there is a lot of pressure and emphasis on academic achievement, test scores. Whether students put that on them on themselves or that's just inherent in their family, or between peers, so it's really refreshing to hear that students and staff, everybody's talking about these learning traits that will serve students long past graduation. Can you share with us these dispositions and why they were chosen?
1: Sure, so after all of the surveying and all of the conversations and dialogue, what we landed on were were four dispositions, the first one being purposeful, being a purposeful learner, the second being a resilient learner, the third being a curious learner, and finally the last one being a kind learner. Um, And the feedback we received along the way really pointed us in this direction. Um, We felt strongly that each disposition served the best interest of all of our students when both learning academic content, working with others in a collaborative way, and also generally just trying to be the best version of themselves, which is that's what I really think of as as a portrait of a learner is someone who really is being that best version of themselves in the classroom and outside of the classroom.
0: Absolutely. They really do address different mindsets and give children tools they will need as they grow and flourish. Can you share how these dispositions or mindsets might translate into the classroom and what are we looking for students to learn from it?
1: Great. well let, you know maybe we could start with with purposeful mm-hmm. um, since it's the first one on the list, but it' not doesn't mean it's more important than, than the others. But you know learners become purposeful when they become comfortable setting goals and reflecting on their progress towards them. They, they become more aware of how they learn and their unique interests and then they find ways to like, you know, direct the learning uh, towards their interests, was make them more engaged in the learning process. It also looks like um, in the classroom when you see purposeful learning, you see teachers providing students with opportunities to reflect on their progress along the way, but also to make really significant choices that impact their learning. So when a student is making a choice with some rationale behind it, they're exercising that idea of being purposeful. I chose this option because you know I'm interested in this path. And another example to think about is like how resiliency plays out in the classroom. So in our mind, resilient learners can be developed in the classroom when students students start to see challenges as opportunities for growth. So we have a lot of teachers, you know, working around the ideas of growth mindset um, and, and other dispositions like that. But they're they're essentially comfortable with not getting it right the first time. They're comfortable with giving and receiving feedback, trying again, starting over, trying to make improvements to their work. And really, it's just, it's more of a mentality that learning is a process and that mistakes will be made along the way.
0: If there's nothing that the last two years haven't taught us, it would be, you know, we've been taught to be resilient. And I think back to when my children were in school and they wanted to constantly get the best score, do the best thing right out of the gate. And I just think as they're adults now, seeing how important resilience is and learning that is critical. So whether it's personally or professionally, I love that we're addressing this, not even just for our students, but for us as adults too. So tell me about our next disposition, Curious. This seems to be a trait that's closely tied to our youngest learners. Can you share how it might apply to students in middle and high school or anyone in general?
1: Absolutely, and this is is like my favorite disposition, so I love talking about this one. And the reason we think it is something that younger students work on is because they're really good at it, right? They're the models of curiosity, which is so interesting. So the reason we think that is because it becomes harder and harder to keep that into our students. Uh, and curiosity, for me, it's the lever that like moves all learning, whether we're an adult or a child, our curiosity is what really motivates us. So first and foremost, and, and above everything, curious learners ask questions. They generate questions, they wonder, they, they slow down and they wonder how things work and why things are the way they are. But they also seek solutions to problems, they develop and design things, they, um, they're critical and creative and they dive deep into the learning. So curiosity can be sparked at all levels of learning when students are given an opportunity to engage with content on their own terms. Like every teacher has objectives, but when you open it up and let students bring their own curiosity and interest and ask questions about it, it lets them make it more personal. This again could involve making choices about what they're interested in, being asked to generate questions about objects, images, or ideas. And curiosity can also be leveraged by asking students to, to brainstorm solutions and put those into um, a prototype, design something, um, and really collaborate around a problem.
0: Have you seen recently, there was a news story going around on social media that had been done about a student who was a great basketball player and maybe soccer or something else, but he decided not to play those sports, but to try swimming, which he didn't even know how to, to do, because he just was curious, could he do it? And what might it teach him along the way? And so he was interviewed afterwards, just saying why it was so Um, you know, such a great experience for him to learn through um, an activity that he knew he wasn't good at, or he knew he didn't know anything about, but yet he was able to open up a whole new area of his life too.
1: That's really cool. I hadn't heard about that, but I think that that is like trying something new is a great way to spark curiosity. And I, and I love that, you know, it, it was, it also had purposeful and resilient built into it. A lot of times new learning experiences really capture these dispositions. And it's a question of how do we maintain them throughout a student's learning and also into their adult life.
0: Absolutely, and learn from them. Yeah. So for our last disposition, kindness, it seems so obvious, but I'm curious as to why it needs to even be one of our four dispositions.
1: Yeah, so um, this one is a good example, I think. Kindness is a really good example of what we're trying to achieve with the portrait of a learner. Because yeah, everyone from principals to counselors, classroom teachers, and many more have done projects and activities, events around kindness, and you know, those are great. I mean, I, really, we keep doing those. But with kindness as a disposition and kindness, like the kind learner, we're looking to see it as integrated into the learning process. And with, with all these, we are too, but kindness in particular. So students can experience this when they are asked to explore multiple perspectives or develop empathy for another group. Kind learning is when you when you look at all the different ways people see something and try to understand them. We see kindness showing up all across the district. And we see teachers developing instruction that integrates service learning into their classrooms. When students are given the opportunity to help others, they're exercising kindness. So, you know, some of our more project-based classrooms are, you know, letting the learning trend towards helping others in the building and beyond. And in our high school classrooms, kindness is on display when students have honest and respectful dialogue with one another. I don't think everyone would walk in and see students talking to one another and go, that's kind learning. But our teachers are teaching them ways to interact with one another, um, talk moves that can help build off others' ideas or respectfully push back. I see that as like a very high level of kindness. It's not just walking around and preaching being kind, it's bringing kindness to how we learn alongside each other. And in the, in the end, we, we get more out of whatever we're, we're studying.
0: Absolutely. Today I was at Berlin High School speaking to a journalism class and one of the students uh, asked a question saying that he'd come from another district where it felt like they were only focused on finances and academic achievement and how he really felt here that we focus on the whole person and really care about our students. And I think you know, we could walk down any hallway in any of our classrooms and hear our teachers facilitating that type of conversation. So I love that that's captured in in kindness by, um, you know, making that environment and culture, creating that culture for our teachers. Our, our teachers are creating that culture for our students to and have I'm those just, conversations. I'm so happy
1: that a student could communicate yes. that. I mean, I think that means so much about what we're doing. And I think that I look at this as like there's there's two sides of the coin here, right? They're, they're both equally important. The academics are huge, right? But we all know that there's this these intangibles, this skill set that great learners have. And, and we work with people like that who have both. We work, And we, and we, we may have people in our family have both. And a lot of times those are people we aspire to be like. So I think it's our responsibility to develop these things, even though it's not a standard or something like that, that, that our students will be better off for having these dispositions.
0: Yes, because all of us, students, staff, community, we benefit from showing up as learners and these dispositions will obviously serve all of us, and, but specifically our students well in the world beyond yeah, being here.
1: Absolutely, and that post-graduation world, whatever that looks like for them, like we say, if you show up a learner to a job interview, you show up a learner to the first day of a college course you show up the first day of a job you show up a learner you're going to be more successful because of that so we know the academics we serve we, that we teach here serve them but without these skills and disposition the learner struggles to meet their full potential to flourish in whatever sense they want to flourish you know regardless of where they end up after graduation these things will benefit you and the dispositions can help you experience happiness, it can help you foster deeper connections with family and friends. As learners become more purposeful, resilient, curious and kind, they become a better version of themselves and I think they also become someone who other people want to be close to and and follow and, and essentially become leaders.
0: This conversation is really very timely with commencement for the class of 2022 right around the corner. So now that we've talked through what is being taught around these dispositions, can you share what's next for the portrait of a learner.
1: Yeah, now that the, the, the research has been done, the outreach, the, the surveying, and we have the document created and an understanding of what the dispositions are, I think it's important to promote conversations in just different venues around you know, where these things show up. Um, That's both in the adults in our organization and our students. So usually really using the four dispositions as part of the language that we use in the district. Um, We we really want to continue to tell the story through the voices of our students, staff, and community members. And we do that by highlighting folks who are, you know, expressing these these dispositions of a learner and how they are impacting the outcomes of their learning and the work they do in the district. Um, Also, our district professional development, which I'm deeply involved in, continues to align to these dispositions. Although we're not specifically focusing on one per year or anything like that, when we plan our district professional development, we are really looking to bring those four dispositions, purposeful, resilient, curious, and kind to the adult learning that we're planning also, and giving them tools that they can implement with students. And then I think the the pinnacle of it, the goal is really to have this integrated into the learning, that it's not a separate lesson on how to be curious it's content learning that is infused with opportunities to be curious and that's really that's the peak of where this is, is going and we, we have room to grow there but that is definitely the goal in the end
0: i can't wait to see what happens next with this portrait of a learner and and the evolution and the conversations and excitement surrounding these dispositions Thank you, Mr. Detilio, for speaking with us about this valuable work. I always enjoy hearing you share you're passionate about.
1: Thank you so much. And I do wanna make a plug that you can find The Portrait of a Learner on the district website if you would like to take a look at a copy of that. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Um, I truly believe that not just students, but if all of us show up as learners and aspire to be purposeful, resilient, curious, and kind, we can achieve more, we can feel better and we, ca- we can care for those around us. We can truly flourish in whatever environment we are working in.
0: You are so right. Thank you to our listeners for your support of our district. This is our last podcast episode for the 2021-2022 school year. We will be back in the fall and we will be featuring staff and students from our schools. Be sure to follow our show to receive updates when new episodes are released. So until we say hello again, Goodbye, O L and